Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Can you hear me? Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Rebecca. Can you hear me? Oh, there's a crazy little shack beyond the track. Hey, Rebecca, can you hear me? Rebecca. Oh, I got you now. Here we go. Maybe this is it. Yeah. Hey, can, hey, guys, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, hey, James, so sorry for, don't understand what all of that was, but thank you for being here. Let me start the show officially. First of all, um, I'm Tom Hayes, and uh, Rosemary uh, is going to be a little late, but uh, Rebecca Tripp, who wrote the book, The Metaphysical Flight Attendant, great friend of mine and a very uh, enlightened woman is on the phone with us. But we are blessed all the way from the United Kingdom. Ja- um, James Blacker is here today. And uh, can I just read, I love your beautiful quote about love. Can I read that to uh, introduce you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, James believes that love is self-acceptance, allowance of that which is. To have a human mind is to have a tool that is eminently amenable to taking on board any influence which may detract or distract from this utopia of consciousness. Therefore, to allow and accept, like the word accept, and observe this mind while it deviates and distracts is an option. So, thank you. Welcome to uh, the States, and we're blessed to have you. As uh, you know, Hazel Moore uh, gave you a stunning uh, accolade for the work that you did in her. So I was so intrigued yeah. that we uh, reached out to you, and, and thanks for joining us. Wonderful. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. Great. And uh, do you want to pick up on what, uh, what I just read uh, and tell us? Well, first of all, what we'd like to have yeah. our, all our guests do is tell us their story. How did you get here? How did you get to this point? Well, I had, I had two drivers as a child. And the first was uh, a natural inherent interest in wisdom, something that was calling me, um, for some reason, wisdom was of interest to me. I remember when I was about 16, I became quite clear one evening that wisdom was something that was uh, relevant to me. It was something that I was about and interested in and was uh, here to do or meant to be doing or something like that. So that was some kind of, that's like, if you like, you want to call it a calling or just a natural uh, tendency to have that interest. But the other thing which was uh, involved that was also from about four years old, I had a a sense, as much as any four-year-old can, that the love in our family wasn't quite right and there wasn't quite enough of it. (laughs) And And so I remember the feeling of, needing to become more conscious somehow. And I was, I was aware that I wasn't conscious enough and I wasn't in touch enough with any, with any kind of power to do anything about it, but I, I had that sense of needing to get somewhere to, um, to be able to have that ability. And inevitably at that time it related to 
what 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 I then knew would have to be somewhere in the future, as in adulthood or something like that. Wow. So yeah, so there you, know, you are. Uh, you have the wisdom on the one hand, and um, and also uh, a, a lot of a lot of psychology work to do through uh, through necessity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is because uh, Rebecca, you can jump in on this. Uh, we just had this conversation. Mm, we did. Rebecca, are you and, there? You know, I, I remember when I was – can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a moment I had when I was a teenager when I was sitting in a history class in high school, and all of a sudden I had this powerful revelation that we have a mind and we can use it to study, to gain wisdom, to do all sorts of amazing things. And it was just a great feeling to know that I had a mind – and it reminds me of what you're saying about when you, you know, you, you discovered wisdom. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting how our life experiences push us um, ahead all the time, whatever circumstances we're, we're in. Our, you know, there's always a lesson there. That's exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to hear more, more of your stories. This is fascinating. Mm. <laughs> wow. Um, shall I go? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, we're all ears. <laughs> <laughs> We've well, got a captive so. audience. With, we're, we're, we're enthralled. Okay, let's see then. Um, my story wasn't so hot. I had, uh, uh, for, for about the first eight years of my life, I had a lot of self-confidence in my mind and in my body, uh, maybe 10 years or something like that. But as I mentioned, there were issues there. So growing up wasn't a lot of fun, and a lot of energies and interests that I had had to be repressed. Um so by the time I was a teenager, I wasn't particularly happy. I didn't have confidence in my body or anything else like that. And that really continued through a lot of my adult life. Having been hugely repressed, I was so far deviated from what was my uh, either my natural calling or even simply my own genuine choice of what I wanted to do with life and who and how I wanted to express myself uh, that, that it wasn't it wasn't particularly funny. So... <laughs> it was it was basically a case of uh, deal with it as best I can, which um, which largely meant uh, numbing uh, with things like food and also just not trying with a lot of things. Um, confidence kind of returned year or, year on year, um, and but really it was a case of needing to remove myself from the negative environment that I grew up in, which, uh, because of financial reasons, took quite a lot of time uh, as an adult. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, <laughs> I can't believe how timely uh, this conversation is because Rebecca and I were just speaking about that, and uh, my daughter posted a picture of me when I was much younger, and uh, I, I looked at it myself last night, and I said... <laughs> I, I said I looked like royalty, and at the time had no confidence in myself or understood that power. I mean, I was seeing evidences in the external world and the attention I was getting, and um, you know the things that I w was capable of. But exactly, I mean, when, and then after I hung up with you, Rebecca, I, it dawned on me. I mean, I'm 13 years old. I mean, you know, I was extremely. Uh, gifted athletically, and uh, I have my leg removed. You know, I had an um, osteosarcoma. And so throw on top, I mean, I, I connect with your story totally because thrown on top of the financial problems, the negativity in the house, the negativity in the school, the violence in the streets, 
and now you throw in the fact that I am dismembered, um, you know, we're talking about um, major obstacles that just knock any kind of self-confidence and uh, self-esteem away. Yeah. So it's a recurring mm-hmm. pattern with most of us, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the first thing I was going to do was to talk about consciousness. That's always the most. Uh, that's always the starting point for anything, is to start with pure consciousness in the moment, where we're not judging anything, um, and we we have a different experience of reality because of that. Um, which is kind of like, if you like, wisdom uh, to to have that experience of consciousness and just being like that. But then the, the second part of that is what we do with that. And if we need to, for a lot of us, as as you've alluded to and I have too, is there's what we call the shadow or things that get repressed, you know, good things about us that we're terrified into showing because there are people who don't want us to show it. So as, as children, you know, if, if we're talking about adults doing that, there's not a lot we can do about it. So the... If, if anyone has any shadow, then the primary value of consciousness, or let's say the secondary value of consciousness, is it's the healing's uh, approach to that shadow work. Is if you if you have a non-judgment approach to it, then you can deal with the shadow and reclaim all of the, uh, the gold of our natural personalities, which gets lost along the way. Right, right. You know, I. Um, Rebecca and again, Rebecca and I talk about it all the time, and it, you know, and I'm a huge fan of Alan Watts. I mean, you know, and he talks about the game. You know, I mean, it's no secret the Hindus knew about the game, and everything in, in life is a game or a story. And, and Alan Watts talks about the hide and seek approach. And I just want to see if you, 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 you're in, the, in sync with this. I mean, think of what seems to be the recurring story of all of us, born into families where. Uh, you know, whatever is going on, that we all have to overcome those things, hiding from what we really are. And it seems to me from what you're saying here with the quote I just read to uh, know that, you know, you you already are perfect and all of these things yeah. are, the, are the distractions that and detractions that keep us from believing that. And so the game is to ultimately awaken to that, that you are divine. Part of the absolutely divine. absolutely how if you if if you know yourself uh, as consciousness or as um, you know we have these roles of roles of what we should and shouldn't be but once we see that as an illusion a man-made illusion how can how can there possibly be any basis for judgment to um, to say we're not perfect people talk about imperfection right. I, have, I, have, I have no idea what that means <laughs> right, because what's it based on? Right, exactly. And uh, Rebecca, you were just talking about antimatter. Right, right. And um, yeah, I was explaining to you. I, I picked up this book. I went over to the Nantucket Book Festival this past weekend, and um, a gal turned me onto a, a little book that I downloaded. But it was it's from the Bhagavad Gita, and I was saying how. Um, when I discovered that the spiritual dimension is the real and this material world that we live in, the three-dimensional world, is kind of the shadow of it. I, I, this book has reconfirmed to me how if we go into that spiritual dimension of consciousness, pure consciousness, we can manifest and we can heal ourselves and do all sorts of amazing things when we really believe totally that that's the real. 
and this is just the imitation. You know, do you have any comments on anything like that? You know, that type of thinking process. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the the one would be uh, we're we're actually incredible, incredibly uh, powerful creators. Um, mm-hmm. But but then. Once we get the ego out of the way to say that this isn't perfect or, you know, this is what it should be and this is how it should turn out, then we have no expectation to as to, you know, how exactly things should show up. And and so there's no separation <laughs> between the consciousness and, and the results. So, so it becomes a matter of allowing. And, and in fact, I read that was a very strong uh, uh, word within your quote. Uh, absolutely. And even recognizing it's like the, the, the allowing, to understand it as allowing is a great step forward. Um, but then to go beyond that and say that, you know, there's, no, there's nothing I can even do to not allow it. But as the recognition, <laughs> as the recognition changes, what, what, what is being allowed is, is different. <laughs> I love it. I so resonate with that because... You know, um, <laughs> our, our mutual friend Hazel is, is so great about that, and uh, and also her her friends, and now our friends Tracy and Rose, and I hope that they're listening and uh, maybe even might even call in to uh, to do this. But yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, this whole fifth dimensional world to leave the th- three dimension into, and it's the toughest part. I mean, the surrendering, uh, allowing, and most of all, trusting. That's just like not we're not trained or equipped to do that on a material level yeah well i mean it's first it's first nature but it becomes so deviated from us that we think of it as a kind of second nature or something that we we're not sure how to get back it, it is actually natural to us but it's it's been so lost um right in very early ages that it is uh mm. you know it can it seem like a long it can seem something strange yeah Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, again, following your story, and you know, a, a part of the mystery of, of um, and what I wanted to find out in this program is, you know, again, you get this fantastic accolade from Hazel, uh, who is herself an amazing healer. Um, what, is, what, what are your techniques? How do you awaken? How do you, you know, get the body uh, to come back to understand that it is a beautiful thing and that, and um, you know, connect with consciousness. Well, we've uh, this month has seen some really great results. I've been doing Skype coaching, life coaching via Skype, um, and particularly with uh, a lot of people with the body. Um, and some of, uh, well, most of the times we're, we're healing pains in the body in about twenty-five minutes to half an hour. Um, wow! Which is which is great for the clients, not for me because I love a client who's there for six weeks. <laughs> but the what what's happening is uh, see we all have all these things that we judge like if we're not breathing deeply or if the body's constricted uh, because it's ho- it's holding muscle tension or anything like that where our mind is affecting our bodies and what people have been doing quite reasonably they're becoming conscious so when they notice that they're breathing shallow they want to breathe deeply when they're noticing that they're holding their body in stress and tension uh, out of fear, they want to relax it. Um, but what everybody does is, once they notice that, they they make the decision to do that with the mind. 
the mind comes in and judges. It doesn't allow the moment to be what it is and be experienced. The mind comes straight in and judges. It goes, well, you know, we're breathing shallow. We need to breathe deep. Or this muscle is tense. We need it to be relaxed. So the mind forces the um, the the mind forces the body to un uh, to 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 relax or to breathe deeply or whatever it is. Um, the trouble with that is that the body it doesn't have a chance to do it for itself. So the mind does it, which does work, but it doesn't do it as a permanent healing. So the mind has to keep doing it every time, every day. You know, the next day the body's still tense, so the mind has to force it and such like, uh, to force it to relax the breathing or whatever. Um, what I say to people is, when, when you notice those things, just observe them and allow them to be. Don't allow them... Don't allow the mind to force yourself to breathe deeply or do what you feel you should. And just allow the body to do what it wants to do. Say, hey, body, what, what do you want to do? <laughs> and it'll, it'll scream at you and say, I'm ready to relax now. I really, you know, it's hard work holding these muscles in such a stressed and tense way. Uh, or holding my breath like I'd like to let that out. Um, so the moment you, you allow that, you give it that moment of pure consciousness where you're not judging anything. You allow that space. Um, uh, for the body to unclench itself. So the mind isn't doing the unclenching, the body is doing the unclenching, and therefore it's permanent because it's releasing the tensions. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. I, um, you know, I, again, conversations that Rebecca and I have had, uh, at one point in my life I, I found a beautiful, um, and, you know, I didn't find it, it finds us, uh, a technique called uh, um uh, network chiropractic, which was discovered by a chiropractor, and it was mostly a touching and releasing tension in the meninges, and uh, amazing things were happening. I mean, just different, uh, you know, brain levels, you know, theta levels and delta levels. And But I remember saying before I found that, that I, I would say to myself, just driving around being present, when does the tension, when does all of that tension in the shoulders and the neck, when does that go away? Because it was just yeah. a constant thing. And through that period, um, you know, and then, as you say, that using the body rather than the mind, the, the body went to that state and... You know, now I have to think about those days when that tension was there that it no longer is. So you're right. The body says, what are we doing this for? Yeah, absolutely. It's just that pure consciousness. As Deepak Chopra says, pure consciousness is the healing force of life. So right. all I'm doing now all in my life all day long every day, because I've still got, you know, uh, constrictions or memories, I want to get get that out of my system, Um as, as they arise, I'm just declining the mind every time. Every time the mind has a worry or a need or a drive to do something, I'm declining it and declining it and declining it. So I'm not doing anything. What happens is because I, I'm also willing to flow with my truth, I find myself doing or find myself having done something. So it's a totally different energy. Mm. And so how, no can you explain that a little little more yeah. I mean you yeah. find yourself so, having um, done something yeah so I might I might wake up and the, the brain will say well you've got to earn some money today <laughs> and it's coming from fear consciousness <laughs> yeah, forgive familiar, me again right? you resonate <laughs> totally go ahead <laughs> we, we, we all know that one we wake up got to earn some money okay um, 
and, and fear consciousness. But what I, I know from experience of observation that trying to create from fear consciousness creates crap. And it doesn't. If if I'm trying to create a business, it doesn't get anything worthwhile. If I'm if I were serving, I wouldn't serve a coaching client from fear consciousness. Consciousness. But if I were, I would be a disservice to them. So it's no good. <laughs> so so I get the situation where uh, the mind just um, it keeps asking because it wants to do something from fear, and so I just keep declining it. And I. Mm. I I'd make that mental decision in my body because it's relaxing. And it's like, well, you know, what are these things that could happen? Well, you know, I could become homeless. Um, and, and it's like, it's unlikely, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the power of fear consciousness to create a great life for me enough to make me not be willing to let go of my fear of being homeless. <laughs> so, it's it's the mm. right horse to back it. You know, like. it's hey yeah. Re- Rebecca. Does this sound um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> very? Yeah, I mean, I I, would, I like this word declining his mind. Um, yeah. I, I tend to call it releasing or being becoming the observer of it rather than and you're getting rid of the, those attachments to wanting yeah. to feel good or feel or feeling bad is freedom because uh, you're kind of, we've talked about this before, Tom, equanimity, just kind of being balanced and not letting it move you, whatever comes up. Because there's always going to be something coming up, be it drama, you know, out there in the world. But, yeah, I mean, and but don't you, now, over here in America, everybody's stressed out. (laughs) That's (laughs) all they talk about is stress. (laughs) Is it the world? (laughs) You think it's a worldwide thing? Well, they are over here, so. Are they stressed over there? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, James, I, I, I just feel like I have to. I mean, uh, Rebecca and I have a daily debate about this, and um, you know, I, I try to allow, I try to explain my, our relationship is that you know, uh, you probably don't know who Tom Brady is, but over here he's a, a god oh, and God, a controversial yes. figure. Yeah. Okay. So Are you, you don't know about right. the footballer. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, he, being uh, a Patriots fan, I know who Tom Brady is. Oh, okay, fantastic. And so, anyway, uh, to me, Rebecca is a Tom Brady. She's just this amazing force, and uh, she has all of these great talents and powers. And and I try to be Belichick, standing on the sidelines, observing her in the game. And you know, you, at times you just got to allow her to play the game. But at times I see things and try to remind her that she knows, you know, and her consciousness is is such that she understands but she gets caught up in the game and feels that she has to do something but everything that you just talked about that there's mm. got to be something i can do <laughs> right you know, and we all fall into that trap right well it's, mm. a tempta- it's such a simple thing uh and it's a temptation to go away from that but it, it can be i find it i have found it difficult because it's when i do nothing it's very uh discomfort in my body which actually is uh, a great comfort, and it's the feeling of power and, and uh, energy being allowed to let loose. But because it's been trapped for 40 years, it can be quite uncomfortable. So uh, I, it, it totally makes sense to me why people would start to do pure consciousness and then sort of, oh, yeah, sort of yield back and, and try and, and operate from fear because it, it's familiarity. There's a whole, there's a lot well, of, it, it, you know, the body's a creative right. thing and there's such power stored and, and buried. Um, so I think we all need to learn and understand that there's, 
there's a pro i mean my when i release my body shakes or it, it moves it does all kinds yeah, of things absolutely and fortunately i can yeah, yeah. trust it but if, if people are unfamiliar with that they you know they might think there's something wrong with them or it's unhealthy or something right like and, and think, well, right, when I was going through that healing with the chiropractic, yeah, my body would just vibrate and shake and go into a wave and, you know, yeah, awaken, awakening. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well you know, here is, yeah, and then, you know, I, you know, I tried to, to explain to Rebecca that. And to everyone, I said this, all of a sudden, this letting go, this surrendering, um is so difficult because we've been trained, just as we said, we have to do, in, in the 3D world, we're trained, we have to do something. You can't, you have, do something. You'll hear people just panic. Do something. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, but then when you start to, I, I, I love to talk about Paul McCartney and, you know, if you find yourself in time, Mother Mary comes to me in times of trouble saying to me, um, let it be, let it be. There will be an answer let it be. And that is the toughest thing. I don't tell, I, I try to advise people, this is not easy. Letting go is the toughest thing that you will ever do because you just surrender to the trust and to the, say that what I find myself doing, because I've been confronted with problems that I never encountered before, especially with money. And just, I say, you know, I just say to it, I say, this is bigger than I could ever solve. So hence it's yours. You take care of it. And exactly kind of what you said, I'm willing to go all the way to homelessness. I am willing, if that's what it's supposed to be. And there's such power in that surrendering and saying, yeah. okay, whatever. I'll, if that's the experience that I must encounter, then let it be. Let's find out what that's about. Uh, absolutely. W willingness is such a great word. And it's such a great thing to understand that willingness is a different thing from choice. Um, my friend yes. and I were talking about body wisdom the other day. <laughs> and for some reason, I came up with this idea the, the day before that we have to be willing to vomit or anything else. Yep. And what does that mean? Well, it doesn't yep. mean we want to, want to, but it just means we're not resisting. So we're, as the two of you have said, right. we're in that state of, of balance or uh, what you're calling equanimity. So we're just there. Therefore, we're allowing to be the we're allowing the body to be what it is. Um, and so that, that willingness... Well, you know what uh, I find fascinating? Willing, yeah, what know, I find fascinating... To have your heart broken. With you and, Sorry. Right, is, you know, we've been so much in all of the reading and spirituality and everything else. Everything's about the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. And here, and Hazel has made me aware of this, and you are even more so today saying, reinforcing this thing, it's getting back to the body. That because there is power, and we're, we're in a spiritual sense, people are saying, "I've always or oh, ignore the body, you know, uh, yeah. even abuse the body." I mean, you have so. Would you would you take that a little further for us? Well, I, um, I I've heard that you know, in the, a century ago, the spiritual approach was that we we uh, you know the body is kind of considered not worthy, and we're right. looking to go beyond the body. Um, and, and in the last century, I, I'm quite surprised that it's still being spoken about recently, because um, the, in my understanding, things have changed. You know, the the awareness and understanding of how important the body is, um, the mind. You know, there's a phrase, "wonderful servant, horrible master." So the the mind is there to serve uh, as a calculator, but the the body is there to. Um, 
to to be it's the 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 feeling the experience um whether where the life force is so if i'm honoring my life force then i'm honoring my body now what spiritual teaching really can talk about dishonoring the life force it all talks about the life force um so and i see my body as more intelligent than my mind the body is connected <laughs> to uh consciousness it has intuition of all that knowing but, uh, I mean, one thing Chopra points out is that the, the cells in the gut, for example, haven't evolved to the level of self-doubt. So my body, in my, I can know in my body, and I'm now opening up to uh, an immense understanding of, of what that body can know, particularly once we go beyond the ego and into wisdom. We've talked about consciousness. Well, I'm, to, to what extent really am I bound by the edges of my skin? You know, am I a load of bones in a bag of skin well I, I don't think so I think I think that consciousness goes a bit beyond that so what what I think of my as, as my body is probably a lot different to what a lot of other people think of their body I mean, so do you think of it as a, a, a cause uh, Hazel talks about the cosmic body the ethereal body do you see it as that yeah integral philosophy would talk about the three bodies uh, the causal body the um, uh, gross body and the um, subtle body um and my colleague John Freeman, we're creating something called Conscious Creation 2.0. He'll he'll explain the the way the body is non-separate from the universe, and particularly he's explaining the body as uh, as a creative tool. If you talk about something like Conscious Creation or the Law of Attraction, it's not you know, it's not so much the mind that Conscious Creation is looking for; it's the energy, and and that right. it's like the body is the tuning fork for that. So I'm these days right. I'm, I've no interest in my mind running anything. I'm totally uh, waking up. How can I generate? How can I generate energy, life force in my body um, uh, to to rise to that vibration? So that that's really what I'm doing, um, and that well, works. Let me see if let me see if I'm on the right path with this. Is that in this process of letting go, which was bizarre because I had. I was a huge law of attraction guy, huge mind guy, huge creative visual, visualization, meditation guy, and that mind over matter, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I just had reality, a reality, you know, bitch slap uh, hit me, and to the point where it woke me up, and I said, "That's not it." And I had to go deeper and deeper into my readings and study and learning, and mostly to just do what you said. I'll never forget one day. Um, being in my garden and in such bliss, such and just looking at the dirt and holding the dirt, holding a flower and watching the bugs and and just in the moment. And my mind is telling me, get back inside and do something. You've got work to do. Get back inside <laughs> and do something. And I made a conscious decision. Yeah. It's saying, no, this is bliss. I am in bliss right now. I am not yeah. sacrificing this bliss to get busy. Yeah, and that absolutely. was a huge. Awakening for me. Absolutely, and this, there's also this myth or notion that people are lazy anyway. That if we <laughs> we allow ourselves, if we allow that bliss to continue, you know, the mind is going to say, "Well, if you allow your bliss to continue forever, you'll never, you'll never create anything. You'll you'll never make any money. You'll never be a contribution." Um, it, it couldn't be further from the truth. W once we're in that state of bliss, it's it, it's peaceful, but it's also Peace is the basis of dynamic activity. It's such a creative, 
vortex or state of being in. It's, in my opinion, the only place where anything worthwhile is ever actually created. Because if we're going and we create a product, let's say, you know, something someone can consume in the economy, and we we create that from uh, from the mind going should or fear consciousness, well, what really, what kind of contribution is that going to be to someone? None. I just listened to uh, Stephen Sondheim. I saw a documentary on him, and he, he so eloquently said it. He said there were times when he would create a play for the money's sake. And he said, we could do this and make a quick buck. He says, and inevitably, it failed time yeah. after time. He says, and the reason it failed is because there was no passion or love in it. Yeah. You know, totally. I, I think... What I, you know, this is fascinating what you're saying about the body because Rebecca and I talk about this. Rebecca, talk about some of the stuff about the heart, you know, what they're finding. Oh, the heart. Well, yeah. I mean, we have a company over here called HeartMath, which is based in California. They've been doing research on the heart, you know, and the energy that comes from the heart for years now. And now it's a known fact that the, the heart actually is giving off a much stronger vibration than the brain. And, um, you know, now we're talking about how we're dropping down into the heart center and um, we're thinking more with our heart and our bodies, like you're saying, you know, and listening to our bodies are so full of messages for us, the gut and the intuition that we get from feelings that we get in our bodies. And I, I think that's right on what you're talking about because we seem to be moving out of the head and into a more heart-based way of looking at things, which is actually more about unity, compassion, standard of competition and all these, you know, dog eat dog things that the world has been about. Moving more into yeah. a loving vibration. Yeah. And it's the well, transition. Do you talk about the shift over there in England and how we're going through a major shift right now? Yeah, absolutely. I I wouldn't limit I wouldn't limit it to England either. Um no, with no. a lot of communication and that happens online. I'm I'm aware of and speaking to people in North America and elsewhere and, and it's mm-hmm. it's the one shift really. I wouldn't it's not by country, right. I don't think. Yeah. No, it's yeah. global. It's definitely yeah. global. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I again, you know, life is just a fabulous I mean, I I've always been just uh, amazed at how miraculous and magical life is, and when you can become the observer, and you've got so many beautiful words in, in that one quote I read, that um, when you can st- stand back and look at the, the make great game and the great story that it is, and recently, when, uh, when the mind part of me, when all of a sudden I couldn't you know, lie down for half an hour and visualize <laughs> everything I wanted and have it show up in two weeks, and that wasn't working anymore, uh, and I went to something else, and then all of a sudden in rushes things like uh, Steve Jobs, who said, you know, first of all, if I, if I did something for three days that I didn't like, I just didn't do it. And he said, and then he says he learned to totally come from his gut. And I started to to operate, and that's all I operate from now. I don't operate from the head. When the head starts talking, I just ignore it because it is fear. It's a fear-based, you know, and I, and I try to recommend to people when I hear them talk, I go, you're working from your head. Get out of it. Get down into yeah. your gut. And then when you put it in your heart, that's when the magic comes. So it has nothing to do with this brain or mind it has everything to do with the magic of the body that you know and and i say to people over and over again they get in trouble i say to them let me ask you a question 
before you got in trouble, did you hear a voice? And it wasn't a voice. It was a feeling. Something told you not to do that, right? 100% of the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. well why'd you do it? I didn't trust it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> And that is the real, and again, in, from what you're saying and from what I'm saying, it's feeling. Feeling is the thing, isn't it? Well, uh, my question was, I'm not sure at what point spirituality deviated from love. So from what you were right. saying earlier about you put the mind ahead of the body and you denounce the body, well, how is that a kindness to oneself or to anyone right. else to teach that, that they do that or that they should be something other than they're not? It's just the... The absolute deviation from love. Love of well, as exactly. I see it, and you hear consciousness it, which allows. Right, and you hear some of the fundamentalists, you know, and I'm not here to to pick them apart, but just to observe them and you know, that's a that's a total renunciation of the body, that the the body is evil and that any pleasure or anything else derived by the body is something to be to be avoided and, and never you know, never entered into and that it's yeah. all something else. And I'm like, What? <laughs> yeah it's a pretty 20th century but understanding of what the body is right um, it's such a right. wonderful tool the body it's such a oh, great thing and, and to with. Yeah, yeah exactly uh, so can can you give us some more um, te- techniques or uh, um, revelations that you have or things that you're you're passing on to, to people to get to this level yeah well, it's it's just trusting your own knowing so um, one thing we talk about is awareness being trumping belief systems. So to just, um, I mean, the, the one thing we do, the, the basis of all work is releasing judgment, uh, any kind of judgments that we have. A judgment of anyone else is always a judgment of ourselves. So it's just letting go of that. Um, and so that's a judgment in the mind. But what I'm also pointing out is that because the mind and the body are totally connected, inextricably linked, the, uh, the the nervous system holds all the judgments. And so we can feel what fear consciousness feels like in our bodies. In any moment and in every moment all day, we can feel that. Therefore, we can feel what love consciousness feels like in our bodies when we let go of that judgment and when we're releasing the tension relaxed. So we can tell the two. Therefore, we can think with our bodies. Therefore, we can dis- we can discern the difference between the two feelings in the bodies and therefore, we can let go of judgment in the mind, not just by using the mind, but simply by using the body to do that. Because I can get a feeling of uh, any part of my body being tense or holding on to an attachment. Uh, of course, any judgment of the mind creates an attachment or a resistance. So I can just, my body can, I can just know it in my body become, and just decline it in my body. Um, and I might do anything. To, I might move to the, a step to the side, or I might shrug, or do a jig, or anything else. I'm basically declining that and, and stepping into um, putting my body in a different place, so that the body is choosing life, really. <laughs> I love that mm-hmm. the body chooses life. Um, yeah, this thing of its attachment. It's uh, again, you know, when you start to go down the road. I found in my own personal experience that um, you know you let go, and you, we are taught. I mean, especially in our societies, that it's all about possession. It's all about acquiring. It's all about demonstration of your, you know, what 
you've achieved and and how the out- outward manifestations of that uh, are so important and then when you know I started to observe these things just being taken from me, I felt that you know in in watching them go effortlessly and standing back as the observer and going, "This is good, I mean this is really healthy that these things are leaving because I was so connected to them, and they were so burdensome and yeah. but it's again it's that ripping that you have to you you, you say so i'm not I'm not going to allow myself to be attached to this, it's just stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Abs- absolutely. I mean, what child of seven who enjoys playing in life would be interested in any kind of attachment to anything? Um, right. It just it just deviates from the creativity, uh, the fun, and the productivity of life. I mean, you t- you talked about Alan Watts. Um, one of the things he talks about is the folly of praise and blame. And I noticed in the last couple of years when when people would say things and they'd make compliments or they'd observe something about my personality and they seemed pleased with that. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was noticing my brain go to, um, oh, that's great. And then as I become more conscious of that, I became aware that I was locking in the need to be consistent with that idea, with their idea of me or whatever created that uh, uh, situation or that approval in, in the future. And how much tension there is with that. And once you become aware of that, you just realize it's just not worth anything. It's not who you are. It's it's not enjoyable. It's not fulfilling. Um, and so again, the judgment drops away, and, and we're just here. We're just here doing what we're doing. And so this is a totally different experience for us. And actually, that is really the solution for for the world: is that this consciousness evolves, and as you know, more and more people are taking it on, and that. that the absence of that or the or the, the the judgment getting in the way of that is essentially the cause of every problem that the world has. So you have problems with the economy and you have problems with health and obesity and cancer and heart disease and you have problems with uh, terrorism and wars and with the environment. They're, they're all the same problem in different expressions. The mm. problem is human the separation, judgment, human mind. Right, yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the, the cause of miracle, separation from source. It's this problem with all yeah, of Absolutely. Lack James, we're going to, I hate to have this, but we're going to get, we're going to get shut off in about t- 10, 20 seconds. Can we please continue this at another uh, radio yeah. show? Absolutely. That's <laughs> been great talking this to you. This is guys. a blast. Great I, 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 body, yeah. My whole body is resonating and vibrating right now from this beautiful mm-hmm. connection. So thank you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.